Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Joining us in the studio once again today to fellowship about the life study of Genesis is Gary Kaiser. Gary, I'd like to welcome you back. It's nice to see you again this morning. Thank you, Matt. As always, I'm happy to be with you. Gary, we have a very interesting life study today, and in a sense, it's inserted into our life study of Genesis because it deals with much more than just Genesis. It's really going to be an overview of the entire divine revelation. Gary, why is this an appropriate point in our life study of Genesis to insert such an overview? Well, Matt, I think that the key thing is that we've seen Jacob's dream in Genesis chapter 28 is a governing of the entire divine revelation. Jacob, who was the third aspect of man's experience of life, remember that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are presented in such a way that they represent various aspects of the experience of life of a believer. Though they are three individuals, in terms of the revelation, there are three aspects of one person. Particularly, we've seen the matter of being called in Abraham, of enjoying grace in Isaac, and of maturing for the fulfillment of God's eternal purpose in Jacob. Man is made to express God, to represent him and to become a blessing to all men in his glory. So Jacob, his house, the tabernacle, the temple, dominate the scriptures. We come now to the end of our study concerning the dream. It's very appropriate for us to take some time to consider the house of God as the very purpose of God by viewing it with a bird's eye view of the entire Bible. Thanks, Gary. Let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study. What was the purpose in God's calling of Abraham? And especially in this person, his son Isaac, you couldn't see anything there. What was the purpose? Then Jacob came into the scene. If you don't have the bird's eye view, you would not be care what God was doing there. On the way to flee his brother, a dream came. Jacob called that place Basil, and he even set up the stone he used for his pillow. 
to be also the vessel. Vessel was not just a place, but something set up with stone. Okay, he got that dream, and he prophesied, and then he made a vow to God, saying, if you would bring me back safely to my father's land, lacking nothing in food and clothing, I will take you as my God, and I will make this stone your house. You see, he made such a vow. Then God was faithful. God did bring him back safely, but he just wouldn't fulfill his vow. And we have seen already that he got himself settled in two places. Eventually, the storm came. So he had no more safety, and he had no more peace. He had no more peace. Then, at this very moment, God came to speak to him, Arise and go up to Bethel. Okay, he got that dream. But, listen this. We all have to realize, firstly, Bethel, the dwelling of God on this earth, was realized by the children of Israel as what? As a tabernacle. Right then, the tabernacle was replaced with the temple prepared by David and built up by Solomon. By that time, the Bethel, the house of God, was solidly there on this earth. And we know later on the temple was destroyed by the Babylonian army. They were carried away for 70 years. And then the decree was issued that the temple has to be rebuilt. Then at the end of the Old Testament, you just have these few things. Jacob, the tabernacle, and the Temple and the rebuilding of the temple. I tell you, this is the history of the Old Testament. We all have to see this. This is what? This is the bird's eye view of the whole Old Testament. Gary, this bird's eye view is very enlightening. Witness Lee makes the point that at the end of the Old Testament, we're left with just a few crucial items. Jacob's house the tabernacle, the temple, and the rebuilding of the temple. What about all the other items that are mentioned in the Old Testament? Are they not also quite crucial? Actually, all the other items can be linked together with and uh, summarized in the particular view that God has put in the Scriptures. His desire is to have a house, a group of people who are built together for his expression, for his purpose on this earth to be fully realized. He must have this built-up house. Everything else is only for the purpose of working this out. 
the procedure for bringing into being the house itself. This is the goal of God's salvation. Even if we look at the creation of man in the image and the likeness of God, the purpose is not that this man would be a glorified individual, would be someone who could boast in his likeness to God. But the purpose of God is that there would be on this earth an entity, a corporate entity, that would express him. If you look at the matter of the calling of Abraham or the life of Isaac or the maturing of Jacob, all of these are fully realized with the purpose of God's house, the building up of his house, his testimony, his place of rest. What is the priesthood for? It's for the expression of God. What is the kingship for? It is for carrying out the government of God. Everything is for God to have a house, a place of rest, a place where he is expressed in his authority. This is glorious. And by the Lord's mercy, we are a part of it. Thanks, Gary. We're going to rejoin Witness Lee for our bird's eye view of the Bible, and this time over the New Testament. There was the need of his coming because whatever was there in the Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the house of Israel, tabernacle, the temple, and the rebuilding of the temple, all those were what? Shadows. Were types. Right? They were not the reality. Now Jesus, the Son of God, came. When he came in his incarnation, he set up what? The tabernacle. The tabernacle among men. And then in John chapter 2, he told the Jews that he was not only the tabernacle, but also God's temple. When he was on this earth, he was the tabernacle, and he was also the temple. Not only so, when Peter, the leading apostle, was brought to the Lord the first time, right away the Lord changed his name from Simon to Cephas which means a stone. Simon, from today, you are a stone. Then, at the end of John chapter 1, when Nazanel came to him, he said, you will see the heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. This indicates what? This indicates that the fulfillment of Jacob's dream will be upon him. Upon him in what way? In the way of the building of the house of God. Try the best to follow me. Then... <clears throat> 
after about three years with the disciples, he asked them, Who am I? Would you say? And Peter took the lead in saying, You are the Christ and the Son of the living God. Then the Lord said, I say also to you that <laughs> you are a stone, and I will build my church upon this rock. You see? Then what? Then, in his last visit to Jerusalem, where the rejecting Jews trying their best to put him down, he told them, <laughs> you Jewish builders now are rejecting the cornerstone. You are rejecting the leading cornerstone, the head of the cornerstone. That word, I do believe, impressed Peter deeply. Now, after about a little over 50 days, on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up and rebuked those Jewish builders. You Jewish builders crucified him on the cross, and you fully rejected that piece of stone. If God had raised him up to make him the cornerstone, the head of the cornerstone. Could you follow me? When the Jews in ancient time built houses, they uh, paid their full attention to three kinds of stones. The cornerstone, the foundation stone, and the top stone. And these three kinds of stones hold and protect the whole building in safety. So Christ is revealed as the foundation stone in Isaiah. And Christ is also revealed as the top stone, the capstone in Zechariah 3. And now Christ is also revealed as the leading cornerstone, the head cornerstone. Okay. When Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, here in Acts 2, he preached Christ not only as the Savior, but also as what? As the building stone, even the leading cornerstone, the stone that joins all the beginning together. The concept that was within Peter by his preaching time was he realized God's redemption in Christ is for his building. This was Peter's concept while he was giving the first message on the gospel. God's economy is not for redemption. God's economy is for his Dwelling of man and with man. But man got fallen. So there is the need of redemption. Redemption is a process to bring the fallen man back for the fulfillment of God's economy, which is God's dwelling place. You see, I do have a burden to impress you and me. 
that we all have to see. Salvation is not the consummation of God's economy. Salvation is not God's goal. Salvation is just a procedure, a process to uh, reach God's goal, to accomplish God's consummation. And God's goal, <coughs> consummation, is what? Is the building of his eternal dwelling. And this eternal dwelling, eventually, we can see in the Bible, is just today's church and the new Jerusalem in eternity. Right? This is God's goal. Gary, our overview today in this section has now brought us to John, a book of the gospel in the New Testament. But once again, the emphasis here has been placed on the matter of building. Let me ask you this question. Is it dangerous to place this much emphasis on the matter of building and not identify salvation as the primary item in Scripture? Well, I think we have been helped to see that, in fact, salvation is not the primary item in Scripture. Salvation is a procedure to bring man back from his fallen state into a condition and into a position where he can become a part of the building of the house of God. God's goal is to have for himself a people that express him, a house in which he can dwell, a place in which his name is lifted up, and a location from which he is able to carry out his purpose, that is, for his government to be accomplished. So when we speak about the building, we're speaking about the central factor for God's house. God desires to have a building on this earth constituted of his people who have been redeemed regenerated, transformed, and conformed to the very image of Christ the Son. These built together become the very constitution of God with man to express God, to carry out God's purpose, and to bring in God's eternal governmental goal, his kingdom, ruling and reigning here on this earth to express him, to represent him, to glorify him, and to bring to him the rest and satisfaction that he desires. So, Gary, this is not to diminish or minimize in any way the wonder of salvation, but simply to place it in its proper context. Let's return to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Now we have to preach such a gospel. Not a gospel only of redemption, of salvation, but a gospel of God's building. Telling people, if you don't receive Jesus, you just miss the leading building stone, and you will have no share in God's building. Jacob 
didn't build anything, but his descendant firstly built tabernacle, then a temple. Now, if you come to Revelation chapter 21, ah, uh, it tells us the new Jerusalem is God's tabernacle. And it says God himself is temple there. The new Jerusalem is the tabernacle, and God himself and the Lamb is the temple there. This is the vessel. God's eternal intention, eternal purpose, eternal goal is to get this habitation, the dwelling place. And today, he's working on it. Even at the time of Jacob, God was working Jacob for what? For his dwelling place, for Bethel. Now, today, we must be enlightened. And we must be fully caught. And we must be fully saturated with this understanding that God has nothing to do in the whole universe but one thing. God is not interested in anything but one thing. That is his building of his eternal habitation. Amen. He created for this purpose. He saved for this purpose. Amen. He has given you a lot of blessings also for this purpose. But... Nearly today, no one among Christians takes care of God's building. Amen. Sorry to say this. I'm a little still concerned. Some pick up a lot of other things. Salvation as the goal. Spirituality as the goal. Holiness as the goal. Victory as the goal. All these things are individualistic, personnel houses. These are not God building. Spirituality is an individualistic, personal house. Holiness is your personal home. If you don't care for God's goal, even your salvation is a kind of personal home. Do you understand that? Do you really understand what I mean? Now, dear ones, we all must pray, Lord, show me this vision, this governing vision. I need to see this bird's eye view vision. We all need to see this. I tell you, here you have everything. Here you have holiness. Here you have spirituality. Here you have the gifts. Here you have the healing. Here you have the speaking. Here you have everything. It is here. Everything is in the tabernacle. Everything is in the house. Now, we all have to see why after 19 centuries, the Lord still hasn't come back. Because Basil is not solidly built. He has been waiting. And he is still now waiting for this one thing. For what? For the consummation of his building. I will build my church. This was his word. 
Would this word be in vain? Surely not. This word surely will be fully fulfilled. In our journey through the Bible today, Witness Lee has now brought us to Revelation, where we see a lamb for redeeming and a stone for building. Gary, can you help put these items together for us? Well, in the book of Revelation, we do have the expression in chapter 5 that John saw a lamb having recently been slain. And when he was looking at that lamb, the angel spoke to him and said, Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. So now we have the lamb with seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God expressed there. But we also have this lamb that is also a lion. He's a lion for the destroying of God's enemy. He's a lamb for the bringing in of redemption. But he's a stone for the building up. And where do we have the stone? Well, the stone actually is seen in Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter 3 and chapter 5, you have some reference to the stone uh, with the seven eyes. So those seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, are related to the lion lamb, that is, the seven eyes of the lamb, which are the seven spirits of God, are also the seven eyes of the stone in Zechariah. So although the stone is not mentioned in chapter 5 of Revelation, the stone is clearly revealed in Zechariah, and all of this is for the building of the house of God. Praise the Lord for the lion, the lamb, and the stone for the building up of the house of God. Amen. Thank you, Gary. Let's go up to Bethel. Amen. Our phone number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. We invite you to call us at 1-888-543-3788 or email radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Gary Kaiser, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there, you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. 
www.thepowerofpositivity.com. Thanks for listening.